I just think too often groups leaders of ministries, group ministry leaders, we can get so caught up in that structure and we don't think about like just sitting down with our people and knowing our leaders. And ultimately it's about the leader that brings about this play that is a curriculum or is this thing. So if we spend more time just thinking about, we have to, but spend more time with your group leader or with people, they'll make your thing even better. And that, that would be my biggest encouragement to anybody. Make it about the people. Yes, we have to have the same, but it's gotta be about the people or else it's not gonna work. This is the Build Groups podcast where we equip and resource group leaders and pastors in the local church to make disciples with one another together. My name is Adam Ehrlichman, your host. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Build Groups Podcast. My name is Adam Ehrlichman, your host. I am so glad to have my good friend Jordan Hill with us here today from 121 Community Church. He is the men's and groups minister at 121 Community Church in Grapevine, Texas. And man, I am just so excited to have you on and to dive into your ministry and to talk about groups, discipleship, what all that looks like. Uh, we've been friends for several years, and man, um, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce yourself in a minute, but I'm going to give my version of the story of how we met, because we were just talking before we jumped on, and you know, we, we had met, we were part of a group's cohort. I was a part of like the very first like group's cohort that uh, Jared Musgrove, Justin Alfrost, JJ Side, that uh, community leadership that they had put together, and I think we had, we had like 12 guys, and then you were part of the second run that they had, and there was less. And so as we were just talking, I was a part of the better cohort. And then they introduced us, right? Because <laughs> we had 12. That was disciples, right? 12 disciples. That was the most holy cohort uh, that you could have. Um, and we didn't even lose one man. Like, we were yeah, so good. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, yeah, you guys, y'all set the bar as low as possible, for then us to come up. So that's why they had four. They're like, these the 12 was just, it was a nightmare. So let's see if we can just do four. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. There you go. So yeah, we, we met, we were in the same cohort. We were part of two different. And then we got introduced and we're like, man, I know exactly what your experience was, you know what? And it, and so it was a, it was a cool connection. We just kind of hit it off from there with, I think sports backgrounds, passion mm-hmm. for groups, uh, family discipleship. There's just a lot of things that we share in common with. I know we're passionate about and, uh, yeah, man. So, hey, look, let me do this. Let, go ahead and introduce yourself, Jordan. We'd love for our audience to hear more and learn about who you are before we jump into some of our questions. Absolutely, man. Again, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here and appreciate your friendship and all that you've been doing. Uh, it's so cool to see just the Bill Group's ministry in general just continue to grow from where it started, just kind of even like just your idea for this. And it's just been so cool to see what God's been doing. So yeah, uh, I am at 121 Community Church. I love the church body that I'm a part of. Uh, Our lead pastor, Ross Sawyers, planted it out of a house with 21 people coming up on, this will be year 25. And uh, he's just a real humble, faithful uh, man of God who has a deep heart for Mm -hmm. people. Um, And then before that, I was a... so. I came on staff at 121 in 2018. Before that, I was a college baseball coach, so 
Uh, played college baseball, uh, growing up at a school in Arkansas, Southern Arkansas University, and loved my time there. And then from there, I started coaching. So I was at the University of Central Arkansas, which is in Conway. And then from there, got the job at Dallas Baptist University. In fact, I was actually up there just this last week because I'm still pretty involved over there with the guys uh, in several different capacities. And so I was coaching there, and I thought that was going to be the trajectory of my life from a worldly standpoint. My coaching career was taken off, but the minute the pull to ministry just got too strong. Yeah. And... Uh, I said, yeah, I think I want to go do, just give my life to a local body. And I was attending in 2017 uh, with my, at the time, girlfriend, now my wife, Ashley, uh, and then jumped on staff in 2018 and have been loving it ever since. It's just been really cool to see what God's done in our groups, in our group life. And I know we'll talk more about that. When I first started, we had, I want to say it was like, it was either, I think we had like 50, it was like 52 groups and God's just continued to do, I don't even feel weird saying this, but it's just cause it's all God, but like we're, we're now at, uh, 148 groups right now, just in the time that, uh, and we've just seen God do some really incredible things as far as meeting needs, people come to know him, uh, and just more people growing in their giftings. And it's been so fun to see. I've got two kids. I'm actually in my son's room. Uh, so I've got a son, Knox. He's three. My daughter, Piper, she is about one and a half and they're a blast. My wife's name is Ashley. We met actually at DBU. She was working there. I was coaching there and uh, it's even just crazy how, in fact, it's a whole lot of group life. It really got us even connected into this, but uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Yeah. Group, I mean, groups have impacted you spiritually and I mean, that's how you got married. So like all you singles out there, if you need a game plan, you need to join a group apparently is what Jordan's uh, proposing here. <laughs> right. So 100%. Not, not a bad plan. Um, no. Yeah. And man, I, I love that. That's so exciting to see what God's done when you got there. And, and how many years now have you been at 121 communities? You've been there for about five years, I want to say. Is that right? Or four years? <sighs> Let's see. I guess, is that right? It's uh, since 2018. Oh, yeah, that's when I first years. came okay, on staff. Yeah, I'm behind. So, yeah, I mean, 52 yeah. to 148 groups over that time. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, and like you said, it's all God. And, and, and I've had some of those similar experiences where it's, it's humbling because, you know, you see, uh, I, I can look back and go, I mean, the fastest and biggest times our group's ministry multiplied was when I was least available. Right. And so I was like, okay, God, mm. I got you. I, I see what you're doing here. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, just bragging on the Lord, man. That's, that's incredible. That's awesome. What, what are a few hobbies that you have outside of ministry and your family? And like, what are some things you like to do for fun? Sure. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a sports guy, so obviously I love baseball. Go Rangers. <laughs> we, we did it. Uh, that was awesome. That was so much fun. Uh, so Big baseball fan, uh, and I, I, I almost love all sports. Um, so get that right. Really I enjoy good. training and working. Right. That's that's probably true. Uh, I'm trying to even get it. Okay, so like I know you're a hockey guy. I'm trying to get into hockey just because I want to be a hockey fan. Hockey fans are awesome and they're wild, and you don't really get that in baseball. And so I kind of want to be a hooligan like that. So yeah. trying to get into hockey some, uh, but, uh, so I love, I love, uh, training and working out. So I actually work out with my, with my neighbor every morning. Um, 
I enjoy that. Just part, I have to do that from just trying to stay healthy physically to, uh, man, it's just good for my mental sanity as well. And typically God also really meets me in those mm-hmm. times. Um, so I, I really enjoy working out and training. Uh, I actually do a couple of hitting lessons to just keep myself in the game. So in the baseball game. So I love that. I enjoy playing golf. That's all, of course, that's taken up ever since my kids have been born. That's taken a mm-hmm. backseat for that for sure. Uh, but okay, I like. I know this can sound crazy. I like getting. I get in the weeds on things when people are really good and passionate about them. Like I'm not a phenomenal cook, but I love listening to people talking about uh, cooking. Uh, I actually enjoy stand-up comedians and listening to to comedians talk about the process. Uh, I don't know. I'm a. I'm, I'm into. I love musicals. Um, so I'm kind of into a lot of different things. But I, I think if you're passionate about it, I'm kind of. I get interested in that. It's like if people are good at something, I get into that whole process. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? I love coffee, so now I'm going to take it that you're super interested in coffee. Is that is that a fair assessment? <laughs> I mean, I just finished some. I don't know a lot, but I love when people like get into it. I'm like, sure, man. Like, tell me why. I, I like you know, there's some people that just light up talking about it, and I'm like, that's cool. Okay, why? And then I want to know why. I want to know why some coffee's good and why some coffee's bad. It kind of it sometimes tastes the same to me, but that's because I'm not educated enough yet, as my coffee friends will say. So sure, maybe I'll get there sure, one day. Man. Well, one thing I know about you, and <laughs> a big reason why I wanted to have you on here, is that when we talk about groups ministry, you light up, and and I've always loved that. That's always been contagious about you in our friendship, and for me, in partnering with you to do ministry. And so, man, let's jump into talking about groups. Um, There is a volunteer crisis in the church today. What are you doing about it? Build Group's coaching and consulting helps churches build a custom, discover, develop, and deploy new volunteers and leaders process to increase your volunteer base by 30 to 50% in 6 to 12 months. We do this with churches over and over again, all shapes and sizes all across the country. To learn more about how we can change your ministry world deep in your bench so that you never feel the pinch or pain of not having enough volunteers or leaders in your ministry again, go to buildgroups.net slash consult. Um, man, what type of groups have you been it. a part of and, and what do you help oversee in your ministry right now? Yeah. So, um, I'll, my group, group started for me, uh, when I was in sports. So, I mean, like the, the, a team itself is, is a group and each year, every team is so each year it's a new team, which it's a new group. Cause you get a new mix of guys with new, even history as well. So I mean, that's just kind of always been in my DNA. And, but then from there, I, uh, like I grew up in a, my parents loved the Lord, followed after him. Uh, but like my dad played college football. My brother played college baseball. I played college baseball. Like sports were our thing. So we weren't like super involved in like a church discipleship group life. That just like wasn't our thing. It was always sports related. So I was always in community. But then when I got done playing ball and I started coaching, like my, my group life shifted where now I'm coaching. But, and I had like a camaraderie because my first staff that I worked on, we were all, we're all really close to this day. 
Um, so it was like, that was my group of life, but I never understood cause I didn't have like a, I didn't even have a framework for like a church discipleship group life. And then when I was in Conway, Arkansas, this guy named Joey Cook, uh, was, the, he planted a church there, city church that God's still doing some great things. And I got involved with them. And cause this guy, the first time I ever met Joey, you'll love this, Adam. I'm talking with him and he said, Hey, let me ask you a question. What's like the church look like Monday through Saturday? And I was like, I got you, preacher man. Like, it's closed. I know that's your question. <laughs> and he's Shut like, down. he just goes, hey. Yeah, he. I was like, oh, pfft, checkmate. I got you. Um, and because I was I, I was always in the Bible and I loved, you know, I studied a lot. But I just like, I was like just arrogant and dumb. And I tried to use it to get into all these theological debates. And Joey just like struck right to my heart. And Joey was the one who first got me into this idea of like community and living life on mission and getting into smaller groups where you really are opening up and like just share what's going on in your heart and how are you walking with the Lord and other guys who then rally around you. So that's where that first started. And man, like that whole concept of doing life together, I was like, what does that even mean? And then I saw it with these guys when I was in Conway. I was like, wow. This is something different. And that's where I got introduced to the ideas of like missional community and everything like that. And, and I, I loved it and just ate that up. When I got to DBU, so at Dallas Baptist University, the head coach there is named Dan Hefner. He's the best leader I've ever been around. He's also the best disciple maker I've ever met. Um, he's incredible baseball mind, but he loves the Lord. And he does this intense discipleship program with the guys there. I was actually just speaking to him on Tuesday. Uh, it's called the Oaks program. And he basically takes them through a discipleship model and you're in different Oaks groups. And so I got to help him with that just outside the baseball. So that just, again, I saw now, so I got formed in this missional community mindset. Then I got through like a formed in this like specific, we're, we're taking you down a path, like a plan. And then when I got at 121, I, what we try to do is um, it's just a mixture of both. Because I think sometimes in the groups world, it's like either or. You're either going to be super missional where you're having meals with each other all the time. Uh, or you're going to do just uh, intense. You show up. This is what we're doing. And at 121, what we try to do is like, okay, it, why can't we do both? And so that really is what formed me. So if you look at like our groups today, so we have men's groups, women's groups, and then also mixed groups um, for families and, you know, mixed empty nesters or just anything like that. So um, I lead, actually, so I lead a men's group. I also, I've led, I lead also a mixed group with my wife and I've led mixed groups before and uh, have led different men's groups. I enjoy starting a group, getting them going, passing it off to a leader. And I really learned that from my lead pastor, Ross Sawyers. Ross, that is like that is what he does, and he continues. So we're we're a large church, but man, Ross, that is like still what he does. Like he's not a removed pastor; uh, he is in group life and continues to just start groups. It's really so easy too as a groups minister when your lead pastor is doing it. Right. <laughs> like I just get to come in behind him and you're just like, sweet, thanks. Um, so that's really where my heart for it got going. And that's really what we're trying to do here. How can we bridge the gap between being in each other's lives, in each other's community, but also like we're going to study together. We're going to grow together. Um, and that's that's just, man, I, I, that's why I love what I do because I've seen real life change happen doing both of those and also doing the mixture of one and just continuing to press on and see people come to love Jesus yeah. more. 
So, and that, and that goes right into the next part, man. I can ask you several follow-up questions. This is the I've heard about Dan Heather for the second time now in in two weeks from two different pastors, and just seeing his oh, praises cool. and uh, I mean, it sounds like an incredible story the things he's doing there and turned down other coaching jobs to you know because they wouldn't let him do the discipleship type of things that he wanted to do. With his play, I mean, it's just phenomenal. So. Uh, that, that's incredible. But yeah. for you with the baseball, I mean, the background here, I got one for you, man. I got two quick hitter questions for you, right? So, uh, quick hitter, 60 Come seconds on. or less. Come on. Here's the challenge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. Um, number one, what purpose do groups fill in your church? And then the second is, uh, what are hopeful outcomes you desire to see as people join and attend a group? So what, what is the overall purpose then? What are the outcomes mm. that you want to see in people's lives as they join and attend a group? Yeah, so it's our main discipleship pathway. Everything we do from growing as, from raising up, training up people, seeing people come to grow in their discipleship with the Lord, it's in a group t- context. So if you're in, if you're a, in creation land, baby, you're in a group. If you're in, if you're a fourth grader, you're in a group setting. And if you're an adult, you're in a group setting. Uh, so everything we do from a discipleship is all in group life. And then what we hope happens in a group is you experience where our main goal is goal for groups is we're trying to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we hope you're going to get some community fellowship where you're praying together and studying together in God's word. From there, we hope you're serving one another, stirring one another on to love and good works, and then sending out. That's what I really think, and this is what's so hard, but uh, sending out one another to go do the same thing. Uh, that's what we hope happens. So you you come into 121, you get connected in the community, you start serving together, you're serving one another, you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and then you go and you go do the same thing. That's what you got from somebody. You're now going to go and do the same exact thing, uh, which you got from somebody. Mm-hmm. That's our big hope. That's Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, so the two things and kind of the two overarching themes that I heard there is that you want them to be practicing the New Testament one another's. Right? Love one another, care for one another, build up one another, serve one another. And then yeah. as a result of that one another, and you want them to go and multiply and start their own group, right? Which is, that that's can be the hard thing. It's like, well, man, we fellowship so well and we did so good and now you're breaking us up, right? Sort of, and yeah, it's like, hey, how do we multiply groups gladly? And that's a different podcast, but, <laughs> right. Totally. But I even say this, I the thing that always gets me, and I totally understand that, but it's like the thing that you love, like that you're like, gosh, I love this so much. This is like my family. I was so alone and now I got this. I try to always tell people, yeah, I know, but there's somebody who's feeling that exact same thing and they don't have it. So what are we going to do? Say, nope, sorry, go down the road. Like, what if we did that to you? And I feel like if we can just get that mindset of like that thing you love, someone else doesn't have it. How can we help them get that? I think gets us over the hump um, from that kind of fear. Yeah. But man, you got to have a lot of conversations to even just get one person to just take that little step it can yes it can be and i know it's a challenge i think in every church that any church who does groups has fixed and and so yeah there's there's a whole nother conversation reality of uh, different things to consider and and contemplate and discuss uh on that front but um no a lot of the things that i'm hearing and i heard you kind of sprinkle these things out like hey some of the outcomes you guys want to see more bible you want to see service you want to see uh, people sharing their faith i mean being missional outward focus engaging the lost you know so those are all things that you've said, even just kind of leading up to that, that you were speaking those outcomes. And yeah, man, that, that's right on. 
How do you train small group leaders and teachers? Group Leader Training, a biblical manual for small group leaders and teachers in the local church, is a holistic five-session training based on Acts 2, 42-47 that trains group leaders to deepen community, encourage growth, mobilize group members to service and sharing of their faith with unbelievers. Course videos, belief assessments, and more resources are provided online with special access through the workbook. 50% off bulk orders is available exclusively on our website. To learn more, go to buildgroups.net slash coming soon. So man, let me ask you this. Um, right. As a group's pastor, it's, it's one thing to go, okay, hey, this is my job. And a lot of what you're doing at times, and I think most of this, it can be very structure-oriented, so a lot of organizing, coordinating, or things set up in you know the church management software system, and the groups listed online, are they listed in literature if you have it? Do, are, are we organ? Hey, do, do we mm-hmm. do people know these groups exist? And you know, hey, do we have enough people to start groups? Do we have enough room to add people into these? Right. And so you're, you, a lot of it can turn into you being the conduit to help people get to group and enjoy group and do group. But for you as a group's discipleship pastor, um, man, what is your personal involvement in belonging to a group in the church? And what can this look Hmm. like for other staff and pastors at, you know, other churches? What's your personal involvement into a group look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm a part of a group, you know, and yes, I lead the group, but, um, Man, our, so one of our core values at 121 is authenticity and relationships. And I, that is just, a, it's, it's our core value. And it really is like, if you come to 121, I think you feel that. And I, I think sometimes if you're a, like, even if you're in this group role, you're coming into a group environment, you could put on this front where you're like, oh no, I'm the one who's in charge. I'm the one who's doing this. You guys are here to be blessed by me. And I don't know, man, I, I just don't think that's it. Like, my the guys that I have, so I've got like a group, a men's group right now. It's like twelve guys, and I don't know, man. We're all we're all at the same place at the cross, and I'm trying to just come in, and I I just get to be me. Like I'm not trying to just be like, oh, I'm Mister I'm Mister Men's Group Minister. Like I, I'm Jordan, and I'm sharing needs, I'm sharing concerns, and yeah, you got to pull yourself out there, but I don't know, man. It, I think it's worth it. It's worth it to just have a group of guys that you can pray for. Um, if you're not involved in community, then I think you're not going to also be able to lead people in it. I, I, I just don't see how you can. You can have like a whole lot of great theories, but until you're on the ground doing it and then even experiencing it yourself, I, I just don't think how you, I just don't think your theories will, you really see the holes in your theories, if that makes sense. Uh, and then I do different things as well. So like I have different guys that I will meet up with, uh, for just some personal accountability. Like I've got three guys that, uh, man, they know every single aspect of my life and, uh, I open myself up to them. And even with my, my guy, my, my guys, like I open myself up to them constantly. We do different things as well where we get away together, uh, and just have some space of solitude where we're just opening up more. And it's so unfair for me to expect them to open up. And to get real and vulnerable with me, if I'm not going to do it as well, they're not going to do it. I'm the leader. They're not going to do it if I'm not doing it. And then it's my job to make sure I'm not the one who's doing it all. So I'm, I'm 
tapping in, making sure, hey, Allen's going to control this. Coleman's going to lead this. Christian's going to do this. So that I'm not the one who's doing it all. I'm just trying to ping them to then pull out their giftings so that they're leading as well. That's Ephesians 4 ministry, man. Our goal is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So if I'm the one doing it all, I'm failing at my job. Yeah, it's one thing for you, right, as the sort of architect of the ministry to build the house. But then it's another thing for you to come in and say, hey, I'm going to set the temperature. And and right on the front line, I go, hey, I'm going to come in. I'm going to set the temperature. As transparent as I will be is typically how transparent someone else will be and you know you lead from the front in that so yeah that man that's good i I love that thanks for thanks for sharing that so now let's turn this a little bit different now let instead of for you let's let's look at um kind of more a little bit global a little bit more universal you know title the the podcast right it's the build groups podcast what is one way that you would encourage church leaders to build groups in their local church that they can do tomorrow you know the the one thing is, hey, man, I would really encourage you to do this. And there's a lot of things there, so I'm asking a big question. Uh, but, man, what's one thing you would say to church leaders to do this, to build groups in their local church? Man, that's a great, super open-ended question. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he, he, honestly, because what I'm about to say is not uh, – what I'm about to say is not – uh, I'm not being facetious in, in any ways. I think we, as as ministers of the gospel, can spend so much time talking about doing it than actually going to do it. And what I mean is this. I think if you're trying to build groups in, that want to build more groups, text like today. Think of four guys that you just love or, or women as well, whoever. Um and just invite them into this and say, here's my heart. I want to do this. Can Will y'all join me and help me do this? I think we sometimes just try to talk about, like, first off, that I'm the one who's got to do it. And we don't actually pull in other people that are part of our church body and cast a big enough vision for them that they get to be a part of it. Uh, and, and not just that, will you help me do this? I learned it. So when I first started uh, actually in... At 121, I started as our part-time care minister. That's a whole nother conversation, I'm sure, for just like leaving my baseball world when my career's taken off to go into part-time ministry uh, to start. And God provided eventually, you know. But I mean, that's where I learned this idea. Because, Adam, I was now about to oversee a care and crisis ministry. I have no formal counseling background. I've never even worked with a woman before. And I was about to oversee a team of women that walk with other women in their hardest times possible. And so that's where I really learned, like, hey, you're great at this. Will you please help me? Because I mm-hmm. don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, I read, and don't get me wrong, like, I read every Paul Tripp book that's ever, that he's ever written. And I just put myself into studying. But, like, I just sat down with people. There's, like, for example, even down the group, there's a, one of our group leaders has been doing it for 15 years, named Vince Rice. I've learned more about leading groups from Vince Rice than I have anybody else out there. And I, from... Jeff Vanderstelt to all of the people who just do it. I've learned more from Vince than I have everybody. And he's just, he's just, you know, one of our guys in our group, that, in our body that's just done it forever. So I'm constantly sitting down with Vince and be like, what else can we do? So I think just invite people in and just start it yourself and then just cast a vision, big enough vision that they can do it and join in with me as well. That's a good word. That's, 
That's really good. Yeah, of all the things you could do is, hey, structure something or, hey, build this or put this process or, hey, get this curriculum. The thing that you're saying is make a list of four to five names, call them up, hey, here's what I want to do. Let's get a group going. Come do this with me. Share this is this share your heart. I mean that that's just that is so good. Where do you find new volunteers and leaders? Build Groups offers a one-time two-hour discover exercise virtually or in person with your church staff and team and help you build a long list of potential new volunteers and leaders you can invite and onboard into a training process to deploy them into the specific ministry area that they are called to. We've helped churches build a list of nearly 400 names. If you would like to do the same and not feel the pinch and pains of volunteer holes every week, go to buildgroups.net slash CI, select discover exercise, submit the form, and we'll fill your ministry bench. So now, as you've been doing this, like I'm certain you've experienced plenty of different life stories of people's just, I mean, their lives being changed, right, or transformed by the gospel and, and people's ministry to them and people being Christ to them. And so, man, just in kind of the closing part here, our last little bit, what's one of the best group life stories you can share of witnessing a person's life transform, maybe that you've personally been a part of? Or one that you got to hear from one of your leaders? What, what's, you know, great story of group life transformation? Man, that's a good one. I think two quick ones come to mind. Um, there was one time, uh, so I mentioned that I was part of, so when I came into the groups role, I then for a season, I was in our groups and then I oversaw also all of care because we try to integrate care in care in group life all together. So it's the body taking care of the body. Um, and so we had somebody reach out because at the time I was overseeing just our crisis, you know, our our crisis team. And somebody reached out that their car got uh, towed and they didn't have money to get it. So I'm talking with this individual and I said, hey, have you talked to your group? Because I knew what group they were part of. And they said, no, I, I can't do that. There's no way. I'd be so embarrassed. And I was like, why? Go, Your group loves you. Go talk to them. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. Because they reached out basically saying, couldn't the church help financially give? And of course we could. And I said, just go talk to your group. So they reached out to their group leader. And then literally within the, the, within the phone call, the group leader reached out to everybody. They raised the finances to get the person's car. person called me back and just said, I cannot believe this. They're sobbing and just saying, uh, not only has my group provided for the fi financially, they're picking me up to go take me to go get it. So now what we then saw was a person open up about their struggles more. They were feeling shame that then ended up um, where they could bring it to the group. And then the group got to speak the gospel to them. And then they provided for them financially. And then the group got to be a part of this experience where we got to help out one another. And now they're stronger because of it. And I loved that. And like the the one the church one twenty one had nothing really to do with that because it was really just the group. It was the group that did it. That to me is the biggest win. And then I think uh, that that's one of my favorite ones. And then just as a side note, I love hearing 
so many things that God does in groups that I have nothing to do with. Like I hear about just different things that like Brian did this in his group and it's like, that's awesome. And I can't, I, I literally can't take credit for it because I didn't even know what happened. I find out about it like three months later. That's to me is just so fun because that's just a good reminder that God's working amongst the saints and I just got to trust him to go do it. Yes. Yeah. That is a great way to wrap this up, man. That was phenomenal. And right. And how easy is it for the church or for staff, right? To just jump in and say, Hey, we're going to meet this need, but instead to give the opportunity to a group, right. To manifest as the love of Christ to manifest as the body to this individual and for them to own that. I mean, Right. Uh, I, I used to joke around with, with co-worker about this who liked to do all the men didn't want to hand off things to other people in ministry. And, and I would say, hey, you need to uh, stop being a blessing hog. You need to share all those blessings and let other people have yeah. the chance to be a blessing. And that's exactly what you all did with that group. That's incredible. So, man. And if I could say to if I could say to Adam, like, I think. Uh, we absolutely have to have our curriculums and our systems and like everything like that. A hundred percent. I'm not saying that. I just think too often groups, leaders of ministries, group ministry leaders, we can get so caught up in that structure. And we don't think about like just sitting down with our people and knowing our leaders. And ultimately it's about the leader that brings about this play that is a curriculum or is this thing. So if we spend more time just thinking about, and we have to, but spend more time with your group leader or with people, they'll make your thing even better. And that, that would be my biggest encouragement to anybody. Make it about the people. Yes, we have to have this thing, but it's gotta be about the people or else it's not going to work. Does that make sense? I'm just such a big believer that because I've seen it now. Amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah, you are going to find nothing but complete and full affirmation and echo of what you just said on this side. So, <laughs> yeah, brother, that's good. Well, that, that, I mean, uh, that that's a great closing remark. And so we're, that's all we've got time for today. But uh, y'all tuning in, audience, thank you for coming and listening. I hope you found some of this helpful. Uh, it was equipping and encouraging and, and really, honestly, challenging and you know, our hope is not to answer all your questions, but maybe to ask some questions you even considered, haven't thought about, and for you to go and seek out what some of those might be for your ministry context in your area to build groups better. Thanks for joining us, Jordan. We'll see you all later. Signing off. This is your host, Adam Rowe, with me with Bill Groups. Y'all have a great day. See you, man.